0: Well, I hope you have allowed this Advent season to center you on Jesus more and more and more, and I love singing those Christmas songs with you this morning, and this Saturday we'll do it again. We have two Christmas Eve services, one at 3 p.m., one at 4.30 p.m., and that will be our weekend worship, so make plans to put Christ in the middle of your Christmas the center of your Christmas, the priority of your Christmas. We found that in our church rhythm, these earlier services seem to work better for us because you guys are real social people. You all like to do other things on Christmas Eve than go to church. So you can go in the afternoon and get, your stu- get it over with, right? But more than that, uh, it makes our Christmas Eve traditions, cultural traditions, actually have substance behind them because we've gone to the Lord's table in communion. And worship. Take some of those invitation cards because someone in your life is more likely to go to Christmas Eve service than any other service of the year, maybe with the exception of Easter. So this is a great chance for us to bring family and friends and people are going to get saved this Saturday. People are going to give their life to Christ this Saturday. As as we are brought to that point of decision before we go to the Lord's table for communion on Christmas Eve at produces change in people's lives. So pray with me this week as you're shopping, you're preparing. Uh, pray for me. Pray for Beth and the team. Pray that the Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way, in, in his own way, this Saturday as, as we reach those around us. Well, the theme for today is the theme adore, or traditionally the, de- the theme love. And as I prepared the message today and I was looking at the scriptures in the lectionary for this Sunday. I just got kind of stuck on Isaiah chapter 7, and that's when I invite you to turn there. So I I don't know if this message is going to directly uh, deal with the the issue of adore or love, but that certainly has been the theme of our music, and the teaching of God's word will bring us uh, to that theme of love again. But really today, I want to talk to you about a sign from the Lord. There is no greater sign from the Lord than the love of the Lord. And we're going, the, the New Testament, And Jesus himself quoted the Old Testament often and brought life and brought that continuum from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it's always interesting, a lot of times when you read New Testament quotes from the Old Testament, uh, the eyes of those who heard it the first time the jewish people were open to new possibilities and the reference to the old testament will will take a story and will add further depth and further meaning as it proclaims the gospel and the story of jesus and such is the case in this familiar scripture the scripture is familiar but the original story isn't and i believe god is going to speak through that today and i want to tell you about a couple of characters First one is a guy named Isaiah, who was a man who spoke God's word to God's people, even when it wasn't popular. Isaiah had a 60-year reign, and several kings were in charge during Isaiah's reign. But one of them was named Ahaz, and Ahaz had turned away from God. In fact, Ahaz, who led Judah, the southern kingdom, had adopted the practices of the northern kingdom and was doing some really dark things. Uh, he was worshiping a God named Baal, and he was also worshiping a, a God that would cause him to sacrifice his own children in the fire of worship. Awful, terrible things, yet here he was supposed to lead God's people. And so Isaiah would speak prophetically to him. And one of the things that Ahaz was doing secretly is he was aligning himself with the most powerful kingdom of that day. And that was Assyria. And he had secretly made a pact with Assyria because using human wisdom, he thought, listen, if we're friends with the biggest bully, if we're friends with the strongest, then we'll be protected. But that wasn't God's plan because God didn't want him, Ahaz, to look to earthly solutions. He didn't want Ahaz to look to earthly power. He wanted Ahaz and God's people to trust him. And now this story, you may be saying, wow, okay, I feel like I'm in um, Old Testament survey class but I wanted to give you just a little bit of context because it's going to it's going to speak specifically to your life today because a has represents humanity itself humanity itself who we nod to God out of convenience but we really don't want God's intervention in our life okay so so we 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 Act like we have a form of godliness, but we're really making human alignments and human treaties secretly. And we're really trusting ourselves and not God. So I see a lot of Ahaz in me. I see a lot of Ahaz in you and in all humanity, humanity itself. So we now go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10, and it'll be 10 through 14, even though your notes only reflect it's going through 13. It says this. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. Now here's just an interesting phrase. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. From the depths of Sheol, which is one of Sheol's this. this when, we, when, we, when translators use the word hell, Sheol is one of the four words for it. It's just this dark, unknown place. To the heights of heaven. So this is a good thing. Isaiah is trying to help Ahaz out. He's like, ask for a sign from the Lord of heaven. He's here recognizing the weakness of Ahaz's faith. And he's saying, Ahaz, ask for a sign. But verse 12, you see here, Ahaz replied in kind of a sanctimonious, um, kind of religious, this sounds really good on first read, but Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Doesn't that sound spiritual? I'm not going to ask God for a sign. I'm not going to test him. See, what Ahaz knew is he had a secret alliance with the Assyrian king and the Assyrian army. So even though it sounded good, I will not ask from the Lord. I will not test the Lord. He, he was actually operating in pride. He was not operating in faith. He was not operating in dependence on God. And it was masked. ...in this kind of religious statement, this religious phrase, I will not ask of the Lord. And so we go on in the scripture, verse 13. Isaiah said, listen, house of David. So now he's speaking not just to Ahaz, he's speaking to the whole community. Is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? And there's 14. Now we come to the familiar scripture, especially during this season... Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. And this had really practical, real-time meaning to the people here because there was a young woman, some scholars think that she was the second wife of Isaiah, and there was a son named Emmanuel, and this first Emmanuel was a actual physical sign to the people, he lived 12 years, and he, after 12 years, a prophecy came true, there's a lot of neat things, if you ever want to get out your commentaries and study that, it's a powerful story, and so that's what happened then, but now let's go to Matthew chapter 1, because I wanted to give you context for this, as we looked at the signs of the Lord here. We're in this Advent season, these scriptures. Matthew chapter 1, starting with verse 18. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people ...from their sins. Jesus is a derivative of Joshua. It's a, the Savior. The Lord saves. Now all this take took place... ...to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophets. So now we see where this Isaiah 7 has this totally new... ...and deeper and gospel-centered meaning. And here's the scripture. See, the virgin will become pregnant... ...and give birth to a son. And they will name him Emmanuel which is translated, God is with us. This is the gospel. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son. And he named him Jesus. The virgin birth is something we declare through the Apostles' Creed, because without the virgin birth, uh, we we have no qualified savior. So you, you can't... You can't reject the virgin birth. If you reject the virgin birth, you're rejecting the essence of who Jesus is. So how we have a sign. Ahaz rejected a sign from the Lord at the beginning. He rejected the sign of the Lord from the beginning. And so God always moves even when there's bad and corrupt leadership. I mean, God loves us more than even any corrupt leadership in the religious world or any other sector can limit us. So God said, now I'm going to speak to the house of David, and there's going to be a sign to you. And that sign took place in the present day, but that sign also was fulfilled in greater ways when Mary was impregnated by the work of the Holy Spirit and gave birth to the Virgin of Jesus. So here we are today, all right? All right. Everybody awake still? So let me talk to you now. I wanted to get all that background in because I think the Lord wants to talk to us about signs today. Signs from the Lord. And, and the first thing I want to talk to you about doesn't directly relate to our scriptures today. And that, then we'll get back to Isaiah 7. But, but, but I feel like the Lord really spoke this to me. And, and it's going to be very relevant to some of you as you're closing out 2016 and you're going to 2017. First thing I want us, I want us to think about is a sign demanded. A sign that's demanded. This wasn't necessarily the case with Ahaz. But this is, a, this is a principle that goes on and on and on in the Bible. Over and over again, we don't have time to talk about all the times that people demanded a sign from God or that God showed them a sign. And I want you to know that there's key points in our life that God gives us a sign. There's an occasion when the Lord honors a fleece like Gideon. There's other times when God speaks so clearly through circumstances that it makes his will clear in our lives. There's other times when God is so gracious, a sign just comes to us and it just opens up a path for us. And we say, this is the path." That I'm going to go. But but I'm here to remind you of something. that, That if we become too addicted, too dependent on irregular signs from the Lord. It may be a sign to us or an indication of a certain amount of spiritual immaturity within us. This is what I think God's saying today through this part of the message. Some of you have self-handicapped. You have limited yourself because you are demanding a sign from God that God, God didn't ask you to ask for. And so your future is on hold. Your, your energy is limited. Your participation is restricted because you're erroneously demanding a sign from God before I start talking about signs that do come occasionally signs that do come at certain times this is more of a warning and it's a warning I feel strong in my heart this morning that some of us are putting God on a deadline and we're telling God God if something doesn't happen by this time then God you're not at work anymore Or we've made an arrangement with God and we're saying, God, if you don't come through by this point, I'm done. And the difference between a sign from the Lord and a sign from us is God initiates the sign for us. We don't initiate the sign for God. I feel like sometimes we're misapplying the scripture and we're trying to manipulate, we're trying to control God, we're trying to make God submit to our will instead of us submitting to God's will. And as we go into this new season of our lives, I want to remind you that in this relationship we have with God, God is the one that gives the directives to us, we don't give directives to God. We're not negotiators with God. We're not those who make secret deals with God. And, and I just, for those of you who, who you're limiting yourself, you're trapping yourself, you're, you're demanding a sign from God when God has not been the one who's initiated that. I, I just want to tell you, you need to stop that. You need to stop that. You, and if you don't think that, if you don't think that I don't deal with this, I deal with this in other ways. I deal with this in my professional life. So almost eight, eight and a half years ago, over eight and a half years ago, uh, this church hired me as as pastor. I, I'm, I'm just going to assume that because most of you are here today, if you're not visiting, I, I'm going to make an assumption that you like me being your pastor. So this is part of the story, okay? So eight and a half years ago, I got hired as, as pastor here or whatever. I was in the interview process there and I see Les was part of that and Kevin Timlin and I don't know if Kevin Acevedo's here, but he was part of that. And I believed that all my heart, at that time at age 32, you know, the two churches were coming together, and we were just a couple hundred people between the two of us. And I just thought, I told the guys this. This was in February. I said, we'll be at 500 by Easter Sunday. I believe that with all my heart. I'm like, listen, someone with this location, at this building, and as good as a preacher as I am, As good as worship leaders we have. If we can't get this church to 500 in three months, then, you know, it's just going to happen. Just believe me. And um, now, nine years later, we're at about 500, okay? And, you know, I'm grateful for that. I I really am, you know? I I work with enough church planters and stuff like that. It's not easy getting here. And our best days of growth are ahead of us. I mean, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. But in my immaturity... I, I, all through my ministries, I would make these little deals with God, especially with numbers. I'm like, God, all right, God, if we're not at a thousand by year three, someone else needs to lead this thing. You know what I was doing? I was manipulating God, trying to manipulate God. As God, my call is so important that the, the circumstances better be to my pleasing or I'm going to back out off God. That that's just you know because I, I'm so good and I'm so important on that. This is the this is a type of immaturity and I tell you my story because you have the story too. This is the type of immaturity that we bring into our relationship with God that tries to control God and tries to manipulate God. And the truth is that if we are mature and humble, that we should say, God, whatever you want me to do. If God, if you want me to preach to one person, I'll do what you want me to do. It's not not that we don't care about souls and evangelism and all that. But you, you, you get the heart of what I'm trying to say here. So I just felt the Lord wanted me to say if you're demanding a sign from God and you're trying to manipulate God, you need to stop it. You need to stop it. And if he wants to give you a sign, he'll be the one to initiate it. We're on God's terms. God's not on our terms. Now, Going back to the passage today, look at verse 10. I want to talk to you about a sign rejected now. Then the Lord spoke to Ahaz, and verse 11, ask for a sign from the Lord your God from the depths of Sheol to the heights of heaven. But Ahaz, Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. So this is a little different now. This is a little in the full scope of scripture. In the full scope of how scripture works, this is a unique circumstance. This is a a, a unique sign. But this is is the idea of of looking for a sign that forms our life. In this case, that formed the leadership of Ahaz. That formed the people he was serving. And God would ask of us today, what sign do you need? I, I I want to ask you this question. So what sign do you really need? What do you need to pursue a relationship with God? What sign do you need to exercise your spiritual gifts? What sign do you need to be generous inside God's house and outside God's house? What sign do you need to live out the fruits of the Holy Spirit? What sign do you need? Where I'm going today is this, is that we have all the signs that we need through the gospel message. We have all the signs we need through Jesus. I want you to turn to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, after Jesus was born, and after Jesus was born, he went to be presented at the temple and he encountered the man of God, Simeon, who had been waiting for the coming of the Lord. And we'll... Not read the whole story, but we'll pick it up at verse 33. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 33. His father and his mother were amazed at what was being said about him, being Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel. Now look at this part. And to be a sign of that will be opposed. This child, this Jesus, this message of the gospel, this incarnation, this Jesus who came in flesh, Simeon said in verse 34, is that he will be a sign to many in Israel and a sign that will be opposed. We have this message of the gospel, this incredible story that Beth just told in, 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 in a fresh way, as she talked about that baby she held this week, I was with her that week uh, earlier this week when she was holding that baby, and, and we, we had three babies born in the church last week. Praise God for that. We've got a baby dedication next service. I mean, we just, it's, just a, it's just a joy, it's a joy, in all of these beautiful children who are being adopted and are being given homes. It's just There's so much joy right now in, in, in the work of, of children, children coming into good families. And so it is that this baby that she talked about, this is a sign that offends people. Do you understand? Jesus as God is offensive to people whose hearts have not been seasoned by the Holy Spirit. This story of God becoming a man is foolishness to the wisdom of the world. This story of God becoming a man, when you get away from this kind of positive cultural peer pressure that we benefit from and you get into the academic world and you get into the philosophies of men uh, who men and women who pick apart and deconstruct and question this gospel is not celebrated it's mocked this story that we base our lives off and we sing and we live through without the power of the holy spirit to make it life is foolishness the scripture says to people and so it is the story of God becoming a man and sacrificing himself to die and then three, year, three days later coming out of the tomb and then ascending into heaven and letting his people develop until he comes and gathers us again and redeems the world. It is just a silly, silly story without the power of the Holy Spirit moving in. If, 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 it, is, if it is a story that... That is not seasoned by God's provenient grace that reaches out and gives us, reaches out and prepares us for it, then it is a story that causes people to stumble. It's a story that causes people to fall. And so, I'm concerned about some of you because some of you, this sign has been given to you. You've been in church for years. And you've sat under good preaching for years, and you have access to the Bible, and you have access to great worship, and you have access to Christian teaching, and it's not enough for you. It's not enough for you. The sign of Jesus and the baby in the manger and the cross isn't good enough for you. And you say, How can you know it? Because I see the fruit of our lives. The fruit of our lives. Jesus is something extra. Jesus is something occasional. Jesus is something that's a crutch for us to make us feel better about our destiny and make us somehow not feel like we're going to live this eternal punishment. But our hearts aren't alive in the gospel. Our our hearts don't yearn for Jesus anymore. Some of us are like the church in, in Laodicea that our love has grown cold. Our love has grown cold, that Jesus is just a convenience. Jesus is just something to refer to occasionally as a psychological crutch, but he is not the center of our lives. And I'm just telling you guys, we've got to go back to where we were at the beginning when we realized we're sinners without Jesus, that we've got a destiny without God. That Jesus is more important than our entertainment, and he's more important than our sports, and he's more important than all of the different things that we're finding fulfillment in. And we've got to teach it to our kids. We've got to teach it to our kids. Second generation Christianity isn't good enough. If you're not modeling a passionate, Jesus centered Christianity, your children will suffer. And would you have the wisdom to see that now? We're like Ahaz says, I don't need a sign from God, I don't need a sign. I won't test the Lord. I won't bother the Lord. Hey, God, you're okay up there, and I'm okay down here. I'll just be this good, safe, predictable person, and you just, li- you just do your God thing, and I'll do my thing. See you in heaven, God. This is the spirit that, that comes out of us. But a sign's been given to us. And it saddens my heart that Jesus is not enough. People get bored with the gospel. We're not where we should be if that's the case. So this is what the prophet Isaiah said in verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, You're not going to ask the Lord for a sign. The Lord himself will give you a sign. And and I realize that I'm hoping that y'all can understand the nuances between point one and point two. I'm just hoping you can I understand that. In some ways it feels contradictory, but you guys are smart enough to understand the application of these things. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive. How I many of that's, that part, that's a stumbling point right there. And have a son and his name is Emmanuel, which is God with us. God with us at work. God with us behind the scenes. God with us at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. God with us the week between Christmas and January 5th when we go back to school, when it's our time. It's our time. God with us. He's Emmanuel. He's present with us. He's present with us in every moment and every time. The Lord will give you a sign, the virgin will conceive. Matthew chapter 12 is our last scripture today, verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. <laughs> and he will answer them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Well, what in the world is that? And Jesus go, he, he goes on and he explains this in verse 40. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days, And three nights, so the son of man, which is Jesus, will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The sign of Jonah. The death and the resurrection of Jesus is the sign to you. And I want you to realize this. This has been the sign centuries and centuries and centuries unto you. We are people of the cross. We are people of the resurrection. We are people of the incarnation. And we are people who live out and preserve and exude this ancient story and this addiction to freshness and newness and new spins and different things of that nature is a distraction often to us to the sign God has already given to you. You see, we like the prophetic. Some of us do, you know. Wouldn't it be cool if I just said, uh, just, hey, you lady there with the black and white sweater there, you know, and, and I said something to you. And God does work that way sometimes, but usually I don't think he does it to one person for 200 people to watch. That's just my opinion on that. Um, I think that usually works more personally. Those are the type of signs that we, we oh, wouldn't that be great? Okay, wh- you know, wouldn't that be great? And God works that way occasionally. But we forget that every Sunday and every devotion and every season, a sign has been given to us, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we should say, Lord, your sign is good enough. It's good enough for my worship. It's good enough for my sacrifice. Lord, your sign to me is good enough for me to lay down my preference for what you prefer for me. God, your sign is good enough for me that instead of maybe going to vacation this year for this particular year, God, I'm gonna spend that money going to Costa Rica. We're gonna go to Appalachia as a family instead of going to the amusement park this year. Could that be God's sign to you? Could could that be... Living that out. I'm, I'm not, I'm giving suggestions. I'm not saying this is, this is not trying to be manipulative. This, this is suggestions for us. The Lord Christian community means something to us, God. Lord, we just thank you. I want us to go to a place of prayer right now. I want to just go just to a place of prayer right now. Father, thank you you're forming your people today. I love you guys. I love you guys. See, my plan was to just give a kind of a a, a soft Christmas sermon. That's what my flesh wanted. To just a nice little sermon. Make you laugh. Give, get a high five from you as you left today. Go on about our Christmas parties. And that was my plan. But the Lord had something else planned, didn't he? You know, because he's chiseling away hard hearts. He's coming and he's just saying your ground's too hard. I can't get the seed of my word in anymore. I can't get the seed. You don't have a soft heart. You don't have a receptiveness to what I want so, Lord, begin to open our hearts up to your word. Open our hearts up to a newness. There's a freshness. There's a chiseling away. Some of you have even said, I'll give attention to my spiritual life in January if the Lord says, now is the day of salvation. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm working on you right now. God doesn't want any more delay. Why delay till next year, next week, next month? Listen, it's right now. God's doing a work right now. and, and, And I want you to know that repentance is a good thing on you repentance is a good thing on you right now i I know i'm working behind the scenes with with people whose lives are destroyed right now because they didn't repent listen this is serious business guys people who wouldn't humble themselves because they thought that they were okay and their lives are in shambles right now i mean i mean this is this is real stuff guys I mean, the enemy of your soul is real and he's luring you away into complacency and he's luring you away into a place of lukewarmness and and where there's ineffectiveness, to where church services have no effect on you anymore. You're never moved by the music. You're never moved by the preaching. The Bible is boring to you. You'd rather do anything else than to hear about God again and you don't realize that you've been set into a trap and the Lord's here to set you free, but you have to be humble enough to understand the condition of your soul. Listen, the Lord had warned us. The Lord warned this church about uh, back in September about, about a man who was on the verge of throwing his life away. And I believe I know who that man is. And it wasn't at church that Sunday because he was too worldly to be in God's house. He was too concerned about the things of the Lord. Now I know you guys are here, so I'm kind of preaching to the people who are already here. But but I understand that some of us we, 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 we're not committed to the ways of God, we're not committed to the things of God. How can you hear from the word of from the Lord when we're not even in the presence of the Lord anymore? If we're not careful, we're gonna be like God's people were in the days of Eli. They had the building and they had the form of worship. But no one had heard the voice of God in many, many years. And the Lord had to send a child named Samuel. And Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. He didn't know what it was because he'd never heard it before. And Eli, who was at the end of his ministry, could only remember. If we're not careful, guys, we're going to get it all that we want. Listen, our church is doing well financially right now. We're able to do things we weren't able to do before. We're advancing, and the Lord is using you. He's using your jobs. He's using your money to bless us. Things are going better than ever. Uh, youth ministry has a vision. Uh, the children's ministry is better than ever. You listen, I'm more confident. I'm more, I'm more excited about the Lord than ever before. There's some, some good things that are going, going on, right? But we can have all the good things going on, but if, if, we, if we, as a people, don't want to hear His voice anymore, then what are we doing? Who have we become, if that's the case? So we want to hear your voice, Lord. We want to hear your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Let's wait upon the Lord for a moment. I hope you hear my love for you. I love you guys. So tired of seeing Satan destroy lives. But all the men in the room, the adults, 18 and over, teenagers don't need to stand, but all the men in the room just stand. I just wanna speak over these men, encouragement. You know, uh, Ben and Chad have got some donuts and coffee ready for you guys. Today's men's drop-in thing, something we're starting to try to fellowship. And so that's good. We'll go get our donuts here in a second. But I want to charge you men in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray something out over you out of love. And you're not going to like it, some of you. You're not going to like it, but the Lord, the Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is blessing you right now. No longer will the Lord let you live in lukewarmness and, and let you continue in the blessings that you're on. This, this is a severe mercy from the Lord. The Lord has the Lord said in his word that apart from me, you can do nothing. And some of us, I don't know who it is, okay? So I'm not, I don't know, I'm speaking in generalities. But the, the Lord will crumble your house, your financial house, your vocational life, life if you don't humble yourself. Do not be an Ahaz. Do not be an Ahaz. Pretending, pretending you don't need a sign from the Lord because you have secret alliances. The Lord says, do not be that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So I want to be bold enough to pray for the Lord to give you a gift of dependency. And some of you are in fear right now. You're in fear right now. You're like, I don't even like this right now. And you don't realize that the Lord, by this prayer, not by my power, but by his word, is positioning yourself to the greatest place you can ever be where you're so dependent upon God. You're so dependent upon God. What does that even mean you'll find out you'll find out but lord lord we believe that we believe that i want the rest of us to stand together the rest of us stand together you're safe guys i'm not gonna do anything else to you so you're safe so you get a sigh of relief but the, the lord wanted to mark someone today he wanted to mark someone today and he said you remember this day you remember december 18th you've been warned by the word of the lord you've been warned by the word of the lord listen i i'm i, I don't I'm being bold because people are praying for me. You know, this isn't even my preference right now. Again, again, it's Donut Sunday, right? Hey, it's donuts. It's, it's Santa's coming tonight, right? This is supposed to be the easy Sunday, the cool Sunday, the relaxed Sunday. Can, can you just hear that out of love, the Lord has spoken. The Lord has spoken clearly to us today. He's spoken clearly to us today. And he has, and we love him. We thank him. We thank him.